When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio. Comedy Podcast. Welcome to episode 76 of season 3 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. James Francis Durante was an American singer, pianist, actor, and comedian. His large-nosed, distinctive, gravelly voice and comic-language butchery helped make him one of America's biggest stars from the 1920s to the 1970s. He made fun of his own appearance, referring to his nose as the schnazola, and the word became his nickname. He teamed up with Gary Moore for the Durante Moore Show in 1943, and the show was a huge success. Moore left in 1947, and the show returned that fall as The Jimmy Durante Show, lasting for three more years. Durante went on to guest star on television on The Big Show and as monthly host of the Four Star Review in the 1950s, as well as on his own show, The Jimmy Durante Show, from 1954 to 1956. In the 1960s, he served as host of ABC's The Hollywood Palace. He died in 1980, aged 86. Now sit back and enjoy the June 15th, 1945, and March 24th, 1948 broadcasts of the Jimmy Durante Show. Hello, Rexall Drug Show, Gary Moore speaking. Hello, Junior, this is Jimmy. Jimmy Durante, where are you? I can't get down to the bun show. I was at the beach and three girls buried me in the sand. Well, so what? So come and get me. I forgot where they buried me. From the Fox Beverly Theater for the mighty seventh floor loan, your Rexall Drugstore presents Jimmy Durante and Gary Moore. Before an audience of 1,500 people, all of whom bought a bond for their admission, it's Jimmy Durante, Gary Moore, Jerry Sullivan, Roy Bargey and his orchestra, and yours truly, Howard Petrie, brought to you by your friendly Rexall Drugstore. Rexall, an old familiar name that has always stood for quality and value. And now, ladies and gentlemen, as co-star of the Seventh War Loan Rally, we bring you a young man whose brain is just like a war bond. In another ten years, it'll mature, too. And here he is, Gary Moore. Well. Thank you. Thank you very much, my friends, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Delighted to be with you, and especially delighted to see so many bond buyers here in our theater audience tonight. And to start things off in a proper mood, friends... I'd like to ask everyone who has come here to our theater tonight to please rise to their feet. Will everybody please stand up all together, please? If you will, up in the balcony, too. Thank you. Now, will you please push back your seats? Push your seats up, if you will, will you? Push your seats up. Now, just stand aside and let me look there for a minute. Oh, that's wonderful. Gary, what are you looking at? Howard, Howard, just look under those seats. Look under those seats. That's the first chewing gum I've seen in four years. But all kidding aside, Howard, it is, it is a thrill to think that someday my pictures <laughs> may be showing in this very theater. Your pictures? Well, Gary, you haven't made any. Well, not yet, no. But just this morning, I went out to MGM to have a fitting for my first screen work. You did? Yeah, and believe me, that's hard work, fitting screens. <laughs> Gary, 
very tough, but, but you know how it after our broadcast, they're going to show a special movie preview in this theater. Oh, I... there you are, Mr. Moore, you delightful creature. <laughs> preview tonight. Frankenstein takes a bride. Now, listen, Mr. Moore, I'm even lucky to be here. Why, I just got you with the skin of my teeth. Your teeth? Well, in the words of Winston Churchill, never have so many owed so much to so few. <laughs> but tell me, tell me, Mrs. Wertelbert, why, why didn't your husband Wilberbud come with you tonight? Oh, he couldn't, poor boy. He's working down at the blood bank. Uh-huh. He sits there all day under a big sign. Well, what does the sign say? It says, if you look like this, don't bother. <laughs> I'm glad you're here anyhow. Now, why don't you go take a seat out in front for the rest of the show, huh? Oh, my. It's so wonderful being in a movie theater. Yeah. I keep hoping to meet my dream man, someone like Ronald Coleman. And the minute I meet him, he'll sweep me in his arms and kiss me and kiss me and kiss me. Oh, boy, I'm cooking with gas. You're not only cooking with it, you're inhaling it. <laughs> so with Mrs. Wordleburg, back to the audience, we can concentrate on stage center and the one and only Jimmy Durante in person. Nothing but blue skies do I see. The foregoing is a paid political announcement by the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce. Blue skies smiling at me. Jimmy, I I don't want to hurt your feelings, but you really should let me do the singing on this show. Why, your voice is nothing more than gastritis in tempo. Junior, I'm sorry you said that, because I've heard you sing, and believe me, for your voice, Beethoven wouldn't give a beat. Wagner wouldn't give a wag, and damn rush, he wouldn't like it either. But on second thought, maybe you're right. Neither my voice nor my health has been up to par lately. Well, then why don't you go see a doctor? I did. I saw Dr. Ballon. One flight up out of the high-rent district. <laughs> and what an examination he gave me. He looked at my nose and said, inhale. And what happened? I don't know. We haven't seen the doctor since. <laughs> if I wasn't tired, I'd have got the noise, too. <laughs> So, giving myself a quick diagnosis, yeah. I said to myself, Durani, you're tired. Why don't you take off some time and spend a quiet day at the beach? I see. You said to yourself, Durani, you're tired. Why don't you take off some time and spend a quiet day at the beach? Mr. Moore, you remind me of a parrot I once slugged on Meatless Tuesday. <laughs> to continue, I went to Pismo Beach, yeah. which is near San Badoo. And having an eye for culture, I selected a spot near some beautiful girl. Oh, Jimmy, the girls are really wearing scanty bathing suits this year, aren't they? Yes, scanty and skimpy, too. While I was playing in the sand, not looking for any trouble, I happened to pick up a loose thread. And what happened? Before I knew it, I unraveled three blondes. <laughs> Me, who, who can't even crochet. <laughs> That relaxing is all right, but it's the swimming that puts the hustle in your muscles. I was just coming to that, Garrison. You should have seen the classy new bathing suit I wore. I was the envy of the beach. You were? I had pearl buttons on the sleeves. Pearl buttons on the sleeves? I mean, that's no bathing suit. You were wearing a long suit of underwear. I was? No wonder I trapped so many fish in my back pocket. <laughs> but going from the reed to the ridiculous, okay. I jumped into the water with a tail tied to my bathing suit. You see, I was doing the dog paddle. And what happened? I find myself face to face with a great big swordfish. Well, gee whiz, what happened? Just as he was about to attack me, he took one look at my schnozzle and said, I quit. You've got a superior weapon. (laughs) 
was so mad I bit his tail off. <laughs> well, aside from the swordfish, did you run into any other interesting people? Any, uh, shall we say, pulchritudinous femininity? No, nothing but girls. <laughs> a few yards down the beach, a bunch of bathing beauties were practicing a water ballet. What designs they made. First a daisy, then a star. And finally those beautiful girls made a human wheel complete with spokes. And boy, did I have fun with that wheel. Really? Yeah, shake hands with Durante the hubcap. Well, lucky Jimmy. <laughs> lucky Jimmy. But I soon tired of sashaying la femmes and decided time to take my son back. Well, I suppose you took all the necessary precautions against overexposure of the epidermis to the sun. He can certainly make a simple question sound classy. <laughs> Here, regardless, I looked up, and the sun is shining. I'm ready for my sunbath. I takes off my cap, I puts on my sunglasses. I takes off my robe, I puts on the olive oil, which I squeezed by hand, and lies down. No sooner than I'm flat on my back when along comes a cloud. No sun. It's spike work in the stratosphere. So I gets up, I takes off the oil, I puts on my robe, I takes off my glasses, so I puts on my cap at a saucy angle. And what happens? The cloud moves away, and out comes old Sal again. What a small world. So once more, I takes off my cap, I puts on my sunglasses, I takes off my robe, I puts on the olive oil, which I squeezed by hand, and lies down. Tragedy strikes again. Along comes another cloud, and again, no sun. I'm beginning to feel like Eddie Cannon. So once again, I takes off the olive oil. I puts on my robe, I takes off my sunglasses, and I puts on my cap. I'm just about to give up when finally the clouds disappear, and the sky is clear. So once again, I takes off my cap, I puts on my sunglasses, I takes off my robe, I puts on the olive oil, which I squeeze with my bare hands, and lies down. But, Junior, it's no use. I still didn't get a sunburn. Well, why not? By this time, it's two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> now you know that you can't go wrong. Why you Jimmy and Jimmy may have trouble with advice on the beach, but when it comes to more important advice on more important subjects, here is Howard Petrie. There's a chance that some of you folks may be trading at a Rexall drugstore without even being aware that it is a Rexall drugstore. Maybe you and your friends know it as Mr. So-and-so's drugstore. Drugs, if it's Rexall, it's right. <laughs> in the orchestra now in a mighty seventh arrangement of Strike Up the Band. Thank <laughs> you. 
Clark Keston. What a job that boggy's got. Such steady weight. Well, what? what do you mean, Jimmy? In the winter, he uses his baton to lead a band. And in the summer, he sticks a nail on the end of it and picks up papers in the park. <laughs> Tell us, dear Junior, what's in the culture corner tonight? Well, Jimmy, in the past, I've given many lectures of a musical nature, you know. For lovers of the brass section, I once wrote a book entitled, You Can Play the Trombone If You Practice a Lot, But You Can't Just Let It Slide. Tonight, <laughs> 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 uh, James, I should like to pay tribute to that most beautiful of all instruments, the human voice. Go ahead with your lecture. I shall listen with my ear trumpet, but I won't really give a hoot. Thank you. <laughs> We shall speak of one particular type of singing, the male quartet, and the man who invented it, Fiber Snide J. Forbelwinder. Let us go back to the year eight, uh, 1814 and the small village of Weasel, Wyoming, which is a suburb of the large town of Goza. <laughs> Fiber Snide Forbelwinder was the leader of the Village Symphony Orchestra, perhaps better known as Fiber Snide Forbelwinder and his photo Finnish Philharmonic. But there was just one thing he didn't like about his job. It was the concerts he had to conduct each year featuring the town's leading soprano, Miss Letitia Cronksquatchet. But during the concert of July 15th, things came to a climax. Miss Cronksquatchet started to sing... I have never heard anything like that since my sister backed into an ice pick. Standing one moment longer. And throwing down his stick, Forbelwinder jumped from his podium and ran for the wings. But so great was his haste that he stepped right on the feet of four men in the violin section. And the poor man howled in agony. Oh. Why, it was beautiful. Not one voice, but four voices joined together in harmony. And hardly thinking, Forbelwinder turned around and ran back over their feet in the opposite direction. Oh. Oh. Magnificent. And historical, too, for that's the first male quartet was formed. Oh, and what a quartet it was. The men would sit four in a row on the stage with their bare feet in front of them as Forbelwinder dashed madly back and forth in his hobnailed boots, stamping on the foot of the man whose voice he needed next. And it sounded like this. And after 300 concerts in the art centers of the world, the National Association of Chiropodists examined their feet and proclaimed them America's corniest quartet. <laughs> but then, my friends, it's often been said that even the best of ideas can be used too often. One year later, it happened to Forbelwinder in Carnegie Hall. They were singing their own theme song entitled, Was It Malice, Alice, When You Tried Upon My Callus? And in this song, the second tenor was required to hit high C above big toe. So to get this effect, Forbelwinder was forced to stand even harder on the second tenor's foot than ever before. And when he did... <laughs> the second tenor's arches collapsed and the quartet was forced to break up. For after all, who can sing with a second tenor who is always flat? Yes, it was a catastrophe. The people booed, the music critics sneered, and Leopold Stokowski went west and married Gloria Vanderbilt. <laughs> but 
then, at least the idea of harmony had been born, and it grew by leaps and bounds. And today, my friends, when you've got four people, that's a quartet. And when you've got six people, that's a sextet. And when you've got eight people, that's an octet. And when you've got a hundred people, <laughs> yeah, that's a cigarette line. <laughs> Mighty stirring music is on tap now, with the words to be sung by a very stirring young lady. In other words, the queen of our charm department, Miss Jerry Sullivan. Jerry Sullivan sings. Here comes number seven, so buy a bun. To buy a chunk of Uncle Sammy's magic wand. Get on the barn wagon. When you hear them yell out, come out, come out, wherever you are. Come out of your shell and shell out. Here comes number seven, so lend your jack. You bring your jack and Joe and Jim and Johnny back. So make sure at the first chance to fall the bond away. Cause here comes number seven today. That anybody can afford. Here's the eight. Seventy-five special. That's the price that anybody can afford. Get on the barn wagon when you hear them yell out. Come out wherever you are. Come out of your shell and shell out. Here comes number seven. So lend your jack. To bring your jack and Joe and Jim and Johnny fast. So make sure at the first chance to fall the bond away. Cause here comes number seven. Buy an extra wall ball. Thank you, Jerry. Jerry Sullivan is the name, ladies and gentlemen. Remember it. Now the Rexall Falls Wig and Bustle Club brings you a stirring detective drama. And title? The Case of the Missing Ring or Who Washed Out the Bathtub? <laughs> uh, well, Junior, I've always... Oh, Mr. Grandy, if it isn't you, if it isn't you, if it isn't you. Well, lady, if it isn't, you've certainly made a fool of yourself. <laughs> I found you and Mr. Burr here. I am Mrs. Ipswich Van Middleditch, the second. You're the second? That first one must have been a beaut. <laughs> Gentlemen, I am giving a lawn party at my home for my society friends, mm -hmm. and I'd like you to attend and sell war bonds. Charmed, to be sure. You see, I'm one of the 399. 399? Mr. Devander, you mean 400. No, we blackballed Reggie Astervilt. Caught the bounder cheating at badminton. <laughs> Cheating at badminton, Jimmy, but how? Loaded feathers and his shuttlecock. Mr. <laughs> Randy, if you and Mr. Moore will write a song about me and sing it at my party, I'll buy a 
$50,000 bonds. $50,000? Why, that runs into the hundreds. Yes, sir. <laughs> now, I'll tell you what, that's a deal, Mrs. Mayor. Oh, wonderful. Good day. Come on, Jimmy, let's be off to Mrs. Ipswich Van Middleditch's the second. Yes, let's be off to Mrs. Ipswich. What you just said, the second. <laughs> Well, Junior, here we are. Boy, this sure is a swanky place. I'll say it is. You know, she entertains a lot of Hollywood people here. Right now, Johnny Weissmuller is her house guest. He's living up in a tree. That's natural. But doesn't he get lonely up in the tree? Huh. Lassie lives downstairs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we're just in time. The guests are starting to arrive. Announcing the arrival of Mr. and Mrs. Peter Van Sweegan the second, Mr. and Mrs. Cheviot Hutchinson the fourth, Mr. and Mrs. Jasper Whitehall, the third. Let's get out of here, Junior. There ain't no winner in the joint. <laughs> no, no, Jimmy. Let's, let's stay and mingle with the debutantes. If I can just find the beautiful blonde society girl, I'll introdu- uh, introduce myself to her like a true blue blood. Then I'll kiss her hand, Jimmy, like a true blue blood. Then I'll take her out on the terrace like a true blue blood, and then I'll take her in my arms like a true blue blood, and then I'll... Yes? Plasma, Jimmy. More plasma. <laughs> Yes, Junior, you've got something right there. <laughs> Junior, I'm glad to see that you're at home with society people, too. Oh, yes, and while I think of it, Jimmy, when it comes time to eat, you'd better watch me so you don't make any mistakes. All right. For instance, whenever I eat a sandwich, I, I always break it in two and hold it with my fingers. Oh, and coot. I always fold mine in four parts and then stuff it in my mouth. <laughs> Andy and Mr. Moore, how nice. But why did you come alone? I thought you two were married. Oh, no, we're just awfully good friends. <laughs> oh, isn't he clever? And I'm so anxious to hear the song you've written about me. Have you finished it? Oh, yes. If you'll just write a check for that $50,000 bond, we'll sing it for you. Oh, wonderful. Yes, then, gather round. Mr. Durandy and Mr. Moore are going to sing a song about someone you know. And when you hear the very flattering lyrics, I... Oh, you'll guess just who it is. Uh, and Mr. Durante will play the piano. I could have went further, but there ain't enough notes. <laughs> and, uh, and Mr. Moore will accompany on the drums. Uh, yes. Now, gentlemen, come in. What's the matter? Mr. Moore, you're supposed to follow the two, not chase it all over the joint. <laughs> we'll start again, Mr. Moore. the matter? Junior, I've asked you not to interrupt me while I'm getting sent. <laughs> Jimmy, I, I hate to say this, but you were not only getting sent, you were giving off one. His life would be in danger if this was a portable piano. Oh, now, please, gentlemen, please let me hear the song you wrote for me. Very well, we shall begin. Allegretto. <laughs> she doesn't like a shady joke. She doesn't hike. She doesn't smoke. Oh, is this delightful? She doesn't swear. She never flirts. She doesn't wear no skimpy skirt. Oh, I love this man. She doesn't dance. She never sings. 
To her romance don't mean a thing. Don't be too sure. She does the dues. Those beauties have, but won't refuse to show her calf. You ask her name. Well, that's a wow. I'm not singing about you. <laughs> I'm singing about a cow. <laughs> There's the song we wrote for your $50,000 bond. What do you think of it? What do I think of it? Play that music again, and I'll tell you what I think of it. This could lead to a fractured keyboard. <laughs> oh, Mr. Moore. And listen, ma'am. And Mr. Dean. She must mean me. I've heard the song you wrote for me. Well, then tell us, Moore. The music drag. Oh, say not so. The lyrics creak. You said creak. Yes, that the whole darn song just creak. What? I'll buy that bond. You buy the bond. For Uncle Sam. You heard her, Sam. But I... For you two, Ron. Yeah. Grand. Jimmy and Gary will be back in just a moment. Say now, who will be with you when we're far away? Eh? When we're let me hit a high note, my note. A delectable note, Mr. Durantin. A delightful note, Mr. Moore. I guess this winds up our bond rally. On the air, yes. And first of all, before we do anything, we certainly want to thank everybody for coming down and thank Mr. Louis Grimm, the manager of the theater, for his cooperation. And remember, as soon as this program ends, they're showing a special preview of the screen on the screen here of a new picture starring Lana Turner. Lana Turner? <laughs> There's good news tonight. <laughs> You know, Junior, yeah. I saw that picture out at the studio, and it's very unusual. When the picture comes on the screen, Lana Turner has her back to the audience. Her back to the audience? See you later, Jimmy. Where you going, Junior? Around the other side of the screen. <laughs> That's my boy who said that. <laughs> Good night, Mr. Durante. Good night, Mr. Moore. Good night, everybody. Good night, folks. for you next Friday night, same time, same station, when we'll be back with another Jimmy Durante, Gary Moore show for your Rexall drugstores. In the meantime, visit the friendly Rexall druggist who brings you these programs. And remember, you can depend on any drug product that bears the Rexall name. In drugs, if it's Rexall, it's right. Tune in again next Friday night for Roy Bargain and his orchestra, Jerry Sullivan, yours truly, Howard Petrie. And Jimmy Durante. And Gary Moore. In person. This program is directed by Bill Cohan. CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. From Rexall. From Hollywood, it's the Jimmy Durante Show. Ink, I didn't kiddie, I didn't kiddie, I didn't kiddie.
10,000 Rexall drug stores who carry the complete line of top quality Rexall drug products bring you the Jimmy Durante Show with Peggy Lee, Roy Bargy, and his orchestra, Crew Chief's Quartet, yours truly, Howard Petrie, and our cuddlesome Casanova, Dick Moore. And here he is, ladies and gentlemen, the man who last week relinquished his time on the air so the president could speak. The one and only Jimmy Durante, in person. And furthermore, my constituents, even when things go wrong, and I shall go before Congress, you feel better, you even look better. We will lower taxes, raise the tariff, and equalize the status quo. Please, please, Mr. Truman, you took my place last week. I gotta make a living, too. Jimmy, it must have been quite a surprise for a lot of people tuning in last week and hearing the president instead of you. Tell me, how did the president do? I guess he didn't get enough laughs. He only lasted one week. (laughs) (laughs) If Harry's nose was two inches longer, my job would be in jeopardy. Well, it's good to have you back, Jim. When you were off the air last week, the the airways just weren't the same. I missed your vivacious personality and lovable bon Get used to him, folks. This guy is in radio to stay. (laughs) Gosh, now, as you're gayer than this season's Easter bonnet. Why shouldn't I be, Howard? It's spring. Ah, I can always tell when it's spring. John L. Lewis comes up out of the ground. <laughs> hey, now, before we go any further, I wish you'd enlighten me on the presidential situation. It gets more confusing every day. First, they wanted to draft Eisenhower. Then they called for Stassen. Then they called for Bricker. Yeah, Howard, and now the confusion is even more confusing. Listen to the latest candidate they're calling for. He won't make much of a president, but he'll come in handy for emptying ashtrays around the White House. (laughs) This candidate is so short he has to put on elevator shoes to sit down. Say, what else is new on the political horizon, Jimmy? I understand the South is thinking about putting up their own candidate. In your opinion, who would it be? Well, the governor of Alabama. Al- <laughs> that boy always mixes me up. <laughs> well, the governor of Alabama might have a chance if his lips hold out. <laughs> I always want to say Alhambra. <laughs> but I'm not worried about him, Howard, because when the people hear about the cabinet I've got lined up, I'm a cinch to get elected. Well, whom have you got in your cabinet, Jimmy? Listen to this lineup. Secretary of State, Esther Williams. Secretary of the Treasury, Dorothy Lamour. Secretary of the Interior, Greer Garson. And Postmaster General, Durante. <laughs> Jimmy, you mean, you mean you're going to take care of the males? Definitely not. With a cabinet like that, I'll be too busy taking care of the females. <laughs> Boy, will I enjoy playing post office. <laughs> Now, you're a ladies' man, and you'll get the vote of every woman in the country. Indubitably so, Howard, because I've got a plan that will improve domestic relations 97%. What's your suggestion, Jim? From now on, before retiring, women got to stop putting their hair up in little pieces of paper tied with strings. <laughs> Why? How can a guy be romantic when his wife looks like 20 cents worth of tea bags? <laughs> and now, in keeping with my democratic principles, I'm throwing the floor open to discussion. If there's anybody in this audience that's got anything to say, I want them to come right out and say it. Uh, Mr. Durante, I've listened to your half-brain ideas, and in my opinion, you're a political nincompoop, a pipsqueak, and an odd-nosed pony! 
That'll teach him to beat around the bush. <laughs> now, as I'm afraid, the strain of the campaign is beginning to show on you. Have you ever thought about a vacation? Have I? I even picked out the place. When it comes to a vacation, I'm a commissure. Now's the time to plan your vacation, folks. To get away from all the congestion. But before you make preparation, folks, I'd like to offer you a suggestion. Now, lots of you might prefer Delmar, where the turf meets the surf. But I prefer Pismo Beach, where the debris meets the sea. <laughs> I took a trip there last week, laid down on the sand, fell asleep with my nose waving in the breeze. And what happened? A guy wrapped a bun around it, smeared it with mustard, and sold it seven times. <laughs> Looking for a new vacation spot, I walked into a travel bureau. And the clerk tried to sell me a ticket to... Alabama, Miami, Malibu, Rome, Alaska, Madagascar, Finland, Italy, and Greece. I said, nothing doing. I'm not going any place I can't get to before Russia does. <laughs> Suddenly, my eye caught a glimpse of a sign covered with dust that said, Cheap Pocatanta, Mexico, land of the world's tacos. I felt so sorry for Pocatanta. People were buying tickets to Bermuda, the Catskill Mountains. Some were even buying tickets to Africa for the malaria season. But nobody was buying a ticket to... Oh! A chance where the mountains meet the dirt. Go! There, fella, if you have to hop your shirt. At night, they gather at the square to do the poker hunter stump. And the moonlight is so beautiful on miles and miles of swamp. Oh, the Tonto will be famous by and by. Oh, a Tonto where the gophers go to die. Hear the music of the toad and the cricket in the ticket. If you go, make sure you've got a round trip ticket. Say if you don't and go, go, go to Theo. As we slowly drift into the suburbs of Poco Canto, we find that it is situated on the borderline of Mexico and California. Sometimes Poco Tanto's in Mexico, and sometimes it's in California. It's according to which way the wind is blowing. <laughs> it's a dainty town. It's a petite town. It's a small town. Why, the population's so small, the mosquitoes go around biting each other. <laughs> As we drift closer... Believe it or not, they got one grocery store, one drug store, one clothing store. In fact, that's all they got, one store. They used to have two stores, but the mayor of the town likes to whittle. So, say you don't, and go, go, go. The P.O., P.O., not the real, but the P.O., P.O., Canto. The product is pure when you ask for a drug preparation. Buy the Rexall line at the Rexall sign of Rexall identification. Yes, you can be sure that more than 2,000 different drug products are pure when they bear the name Rexall. For the familiar name Rexall stands for purity, quality, and reliability in a complete line of drug products. 
It's no wonder that Rexall has won first place in the medicine cabinets of millions of American homes. So for any and for all of your drug needs, always buy Rexall at Rexall drugstores throughout the nation, where 25% of America buys its drug products. If you want to be sure that the product is pure when you ask for a drug preparation, buy the Rexall line at the Rexall sign of Rexall identification. Good health to all from Rexall. Ah, Mr. Peakley, when you talk about Rexall, your voice is really mellifluous. <laughs> and I say that with the dictionary in my other suit. <laughs> you know, Snaz, with your diction, I can't understand why you didn't win an Academy Award. I was foiled by the fickle finger of fate. The last picture I made wasn't even released in time. It was called The Painted Desert Where the Rio Grande Meets the Alamo on the Lone Prairie Where Cactus Peak Meets Two-Gun Tech in the Saddle by the Sage. <laughs> Well, what's it about, Snaz? To medical students in Vienna. <laughs> but not wanting to disappoint our audience tonight, we're proud to present as a special feature the winner of the Academy Award, Loretta Young. Uh-oh. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're not Loretta. I know, but ain't I young? Why, is Victor Moore. Victor, Victor, seeing you again is straight your lead. You know, we were separated last week when President Truman spoke, and you were off the show the week before that. How do you feel after two weeks' vacation? Ah, Jimmy, I'm in the pink. It was just what I needed to bring back the old Victor. I spent every day getting myself in shape. Here, feel a muscle in my arm. Okay, Victor. I said, feel it, not squeeze it. <laughs> Ah, uh, Victor, I'd like to put my arms around you. But Dr. Ballon warned me not to take any long trips. Well, you know, Jimmy, I might as well face it. I'm just not as strong as I was when I worked as a chorus boy at the Amsterdam in New York. Just a minute, Victor. You were in the chorus at the Amsterdam Theater? That's right. Third from the end? Uh-huh. You the one who did the solo in the waterfall number? Yeah, that was me. No wonder you didn't answer my mash notes. <laughs> You mean you were cuddled? And on the plume of my youth. <laughs> and to think I wasted that perfume butcher paper on you. But blended from the nostalgia to the inconsequential, tell me, where did you go on your vacation? Well, Jimmy, the doctor told me to get plenty of rest and drink lots of milk, so I checked into a small hotel and took my cow with me. How could you get a cow into your hotel room? Easy. We registered it as Mr. and Mrs. <laughs> must have been a little crowded in the shower. Well, tell me something, Jimmy. How did the show go the week I was away? Extemporaneous, Victor. Extemporaneous. In your place, we had Van Johnson, the star of the new Metro Golden Mayor picture, The Bride Goes Wild. There's no laugh there, folks, but saying, but for saying that MGM is sending me a free bride that goes wild. <laughs> but here's somebody who drives me wild every week. It's Peggy Lee. Impressive. Peggy, just like always, it's good to see you. Oh, thanks, Jimmy. Hi, Victor. I miss my little poopsie pie. Mm -hmm. I miss you too, Peggy Poo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Victor, you're a regular little lambkin. And you're a cuddle bunny. Oh, but you're a sugar bunny. And you're a dolly welkin. 
If you two miss me, I'm playing gin rummy with a little old lady in the front row. Ah, <laughs> uh, Durante, you're just like... <laughs> you're just like parsley on a fish. You look good, but nobody wants you. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know how I feel about you, Snarf. It's just that, I don't know, since Victor's vacation, he looks like such a rugged, outdoor type. I'm the outdoor type, too, Peggy. Partly because I like fresh air and partly because nobody ever invites me in. <laughs> Why, on my last hunting trip, I trailed an elk for seven miles, and when I caught up to him, what a tussle. What happened? That elk is now wearing three of my teeth on his watch chain. <laughs> I didn't mind that, but he forgot to give me the secret handshake. <laughs> but enough of this I'll bandage, Peggy. How about a song? We'll sing one? I'd be glad to, Jamesy. Bolero, Mr. Bargy. Bolero. Second story from the Rexall Laboratory. How blue is blue is a question that the human eye just can't answer. But it's a question that must be answered in the Rexall Control Laboratory. For in many liquid compounds, the intensity of color determines the amount of vitamin A. And that's when science comes to the rescue of the human eye. The Rexall Control Laboratory uses an instrument called the colorimeter, with an infallible eye in the form of a photoelectric cell. The colorimeter's eye sees all and knows all. It measures the depth of color and the strength of the compound instantly and accurately. The colorimeter is only one of the many scientific instruments used daily in the great Rexall Control Laboratory. But it's one more reason why you can depend on any drug product that bears the name Rexall. So for any and for all of your household drug needs, always buy Rexall. At Rexall Drugstores everywhere. If you want to be sure that the product is pure when you ask for drug preparation, 
by the Rexall line at the Rexall sign. A Rexall identification. Good health to all from Rexall. You know, Victor, all this talk about vacations has given me a great idea. I'll use it as a keystone for my political platform. What are you talking about, Don? Just this, Victor. If I'm elected, I'm going to give every man, woman, and child in the United States a two-weeks vacation with all expenses paid. Hello, Durrani speaking. Uh, Mr. Durrani, I just heard about your two-week vacation plan, and I think it's great. Now, if you can arrange my vacation, I'm willing to leave right now. Good. Who is this speaking? Number 57136, Alcatraz. <laughs> I think my party was just hung up. Jimmy, I don't like to be a wet blanket, but if the government is going to pay for all those vacations, isn't it going to run into a good deal of money? This man is talking like a Republican. <laughs> Why, Victor, it's up to us to find an inexpensive place for the people to go. Are you with us, Peggy? Well, where are we going to go? We make a survey on the vacation situation and give our report to the nation. <laughs> Any state in the 48 is great. The 48 is great, and any state is a reason we could celebrate. We ought to celebrate, and if you are wishing for hunting or fishing, don't consult any guys. We've got a nation that's full of relaxation. Jimmy, I'm ready to start. We've a magic carpet to take this trip. We pull a string, and away we rip. Victor, Peggy, how do you like my magic carpet? Ah, oh, terrific, Jimmy. How much does it cost you? $8,000. $8,000? How come it costs so much for a magic carpet? I bought it from a used carpet dealer. <laughs> <laughs> I got a million of them, a million of them. Any state in the 48 is great. Let it bother you, Victor. You'll know soon enough. Hey, I know that, Don. It's Wisconsin. And the city is called Green Bay. They say it's famous for football. That's not the only reason. It's also famous for its hunting season. You can hunt wild duck, bear, and feather. Spend a day that's really pleasant in Green Well, there's your first vacation spot, fellas. Go on down and see if that's what you're looking for. I'll Come on. pick you up on the next cadenza. Come on, Victor, let's go. Jimmy, this is an awful wild-looking country. Do you think we can find our way out of here? Don't worry, Victor. I've arranged for the best guide in Wisconsin to meet us here. Hey, Schultz. Yo, hello. Hello. This is where you told us to meet you. Where are we, anyway? Well, let me see now. Wisconsin is bounded on the south by Lake Rouster, on the east by Lake Prouster, and on the other side by Lake Rouster. Now, according to the calculations which is accumulated on my compass, we are 44 degrees east of latitude 16, longitude 38. What does all that mean? <laughs> We're lost. <laughs> I think we picked the wrong spot, Victor. How can I tell the voters to come here? Why, there isn't even any food. You're wrong, Jimmy. Look at that clump of bushes over there. I can see the antlers of a moose. You like moose meat, Jimmy? Sure. You like it rare? That's the way I like it. Good. I'll run into the bush, chase out the moose, and when he runs by, 
Yes, buy them. <laughs> Good, I can use his tail for a napkin. <laughs> look out, oh. Victor, look out. Look out, that moose is coming towards us. Ah, oh, Jimmy. You ran right between my legs and his antlers stuck on my pants. What a catastrophe. But don't worry, Victor. We'll have your pants stuffed and set them up in the hallway. What, what good will that do? You'll have the biggest hat rack in Wisconsin. <laughs> Let's go. Any state in the 48 is great. There's a town, but it's all lit up. Let's keep going. Hey, not too fast, man. Down there's a real relaxing town. Do you know where we are, Peggy? Do I? Yes. That's Las Vegas, Nevada, and it doesn't matter if you're rich or broke. You spend and you lend, you make many a friend. This town's okey-doke. You play your roulette. Should I make a bet? The name of the town is... Las Vegas. Go on, fellas, see if you can relax a little. I'll be waiting on the downbeat. But watch it now. No gambling. Don't worry about us, Peggy. Come on, Victor. Well, Las Vegas, what a town. Where men are men and women are women. Which is a pretty nice arrangement on those long winter nights. Gosh, Jimmy, just think. Here in Las Vegas, we could get a divorce in six weeks. Why, Victor, how can you say that? We've been so happy together. Well, let's go into this casino here and get on with our vacation survey. Okay, lead the way. Pardon me, stranger, I'm Jimmy Durante, candidate for vice presidency. Tell me, is this a good spot for an inexpensive vacation? Why, this is Las Vegas, partner. Not only do you save money here, you make money. Just put a nickel in that slot machine and see what you win. All right, here goes. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What's going on here? This is an outrage. I'll smash this machine to pieces. Hold on there, stranger. Wait a minute. What are you smashing up my machine for? It's crooked. I just hit two cherries, three oranges, and three plums, and all that came out was nickels. <laughs> well, what about it? When Durante wins a fruit salad, he expects to get it. <laughs> Look, buzzard beak. If you know what's good for you, you'll scram out of here. Now, just a minute, buddy. You're talking to a friend of mine. I don't like the tone of your voice. I'd let you have it if it was, wasn't for one thing. Yeah? What's that? I forgot where I put it. <laughs> We're off again. Any state in the 48 is great. Hey, you two fellas have the wrong idea. If you want an inexpensive vacation, the cheapest sport is fishing. Yeah, all you need is a rod and a bent pen. Well, do you know a good spot, Victor? Not only do I know the spot, we're here already. We're in Wiggle World, West Virginia. Where the fish are fat and the worms ain't skinny. See how all the fish will fight to see which one gets the first bite. Oh, wiggle worm. Ah, there's the spot, fellas. Why, the people around here are so lazy the fish are baiting the hooks themselves. I'll meet you at the intermezzo. Down we go, Victor. Gosh, the public will love this place. 
Yeah, we've only been here five minutes, and we got two fish already. Hey, hey, you two, can't you see that sign? No fishing allowed. We weren't fishing, Mr. Game Warden. Oh, no. Then how did those two fish get in your frying pan? Suicide pact. <laughs> the little one had a hard life. She was married to a pickled herring. Oh, yeah? Well, those two fish are under 14 inches. Throw them back. The next time I catch you pulling them in under 14 inches, I'll give you a summon. Rowdy. Well, hey, Jimmy, look. Beautiful girl just came up out of the lake onto the shore. You're right, Victor. This is amazing. Relax, boys. It's hot breath hula hand. Stand back. You're starting a brush fire in my sideburns. <laughs> but wait a minute, hot breath. How tall are you? Five foot four and a half. Thank goodness. For a minute, I thought I'd have to throw you back. <laughs> Uh, I've been doing a little fishing myself. I've been fishing for suckers. Did you have any luck? You're the third today. <laughs> but, uh, I kind of like you, Flute Snoot. And, uh, you too, lover lips. <laughs> it gets around, it gets around. Say, uh, say you there with the beaks. You, uh, you do something to me. I do? Yeah. You know, muscles, looking at you does something to me. You're the first man that's ever been in these mountains. Kiss me, you beast. <laughs> there. What have you got to say now? Somebody has been in these mountains before. <laughs> Complete our survey. No matter where you go in this country, you can have a good time. Take me home. Any state in the 48 is great. Green Bay. Las Vegas. Wiggle Worm. Travel north, south, east, or west. No matter what you want, you're sure to get the best. It's great. Wonderful. Marvelous. Stupendous. Any state in the 48 is great. Remember, 25% of America buys its drug needs in Rexall drugstores. Rexall is that large and respected family of more than 2,000 different drug products. You can depend on any drug product that bears the name Rexall. Available in Rexall drugstores everywhere. Touche, Howard, and I'd like to add, I do my shopping at a Rexall store, buying Rexall drugs, and furthermore, Umbriago, he prefers them to We buy Rexall. That's all. How do you do? A note of exuberance, Mr. Petrie. Well, Jim, I guess you're all set for the Easter parade on Sunday. I'll say, Howard, I hope I make the impression I made last year. Why, I was a picture of sartorial splendor. I even used that adhesive tape to hold up my sock. Well, Jim, why did you use adhesive tape? Thumbtacks. Hey. <laughs> 
That's all for tonight, folks. From Victor Moore, Peggy Lee, Roy Barge, the Crew Chief Quartet, Dave Barry, and yours truly, Howard Petrie. program was produced and directed by Phil Cohan. Good health to all from Rexall. Good night, folks. Have a happy Easter. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for 